0: there, I am Quentin Hoffman, editor at IrrationalPassions.com on the PAX East show floor, and I am here with Greg Haynes of Able Gamers. What's hey, going how's it going,
1: man? Thank you for having me on. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to be at PAX, and it's also uh, it's pretty dope to cap off day four with a podcast, man.
0: Yeah. So, for those who don't know, Able Gamers is a charity organization which is all about making games accessible to people, whether it's software and hardware. And I think. A lot of people are familiar with the hardware side of things, and you mainly lead up the software side of things. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, where we, where I sort of lie um, within our, our framework is I'm I'm on the user research side. Yeah. So for us, it's uh, it's really less about software per se. I'm mean, we are informing on um, you know how accessibility, um, I guess, uh, evolves on the software mm-hmm. side. Um, but it's more so getting an overall understanding of the experiences that players are having. Um, players with disabilities are happening yeah. in the space as it, as it currently is and how those experiences evolve. Um, what are the features that they're looking for in games? What are the uh, experiences they're looking to have in games? Um, what are the options? What are the uh, the things that games are doing right now that uh, could either better serve the community or currently are really serving the community um, very well? Um, and, and, and amalgamating that information, um, publishing papers, yeah. Um yeah. And essentially helping that be outward facing information for the industry at large.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, for me, a lot of people see Able Gamers and, like, oh, they see the stuff that's happening with Microsoft. But there's so much going on inside the organization.
1: Absolutely. Whether Absolutely. it's the
0: stuff like you're getting, like, getting that data, seeing what's going on, and, like, trying to make sense of those numbers. Sure. And I think when I was helping you guys out the other day, Kelso, I didn't even know this, but Kelso told me, yeah. Joe Kelso, uh, yeah. said, you guys are teaching classes, and for developers to show up, and I think that's amazing.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, Joe Kelso, our community specialist, uh, over at uh, the PAX, PAX East booth right now. Um, you know, he's, he's, been, he's done, been doing an awesome job talking about some of the things that we're doing right now. Um, you know, it's taken a long time for us to sort of uh, uh, produce the stuff that we want to essentially use to, to teach the industry how to create accessible games. Yeah. Um, for us it was important that we understand the players first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really easy for one person or two people to talk about their experience and say, okay, this is how to make the game accessible for me. Yeah. But how do you make the, a game accessible for a community? How yeah. do you make the game accessible for a large player base? Um, and with that in mind, um, using our, our, our player research pool, um, our program called Player Panels, yeah. which currently is sitting at um, 600 players with disabilities right now, really? Um but using these players, the information that these players have, have, have given to us and trusted us with, um, we've used it to create a accessible design thinking tool. Yeah. Um, it's called Accessible Player Experiences or APX for short. Um, what APX does is it simplifies um, accessible game design um, and breaks it down to problem solution formats. Yeah. Um, with the problem presented being something like, let's say one of our patterns is second channel, right? Yeah. One of 22 patterns. Um, second channel is a pattern in which someone is having uh, difficulty um, perceiving the information you're trying to present through a singular modality that you're presenting it in. Yeah. So a great example of that is like a cutscene, yeah. right? Cutscene uh, obviously is a visual element, but there's an audio element to it as well, you know? Um, however, if I have, you know, uh, if I'm deaf or if I'm uh, hearing impaired, I might have trouble hearing the cutscene. So yeah. what is the second channel that you could provide in order for me to, to you know, perceive the cutscene? Yeah. Subtitles, so, yeah. Sometimes probably the easiest easiest example of something like that captioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we with this in mind, um, you know, we developed this problem solution format in the form of these design drivers, where we present a problem like that modality issue, yeah. and we present the solution, which is to provide another modality for yeah. these players to perceive this information. Um, all of this is contextualized by what we call uh, design drivers. Yeah. Um, these dri- design drivers are based around um, kind of like a high level view of uh of disabilities, people with disabilities. So if I you know, if I'm talking to a developer and I mention a specific disability like, yeah. you know, uh, cerebral palsy, yeah. um, you know, you might know what some of the symptoms of, of that disability, you know, yeah. is, but you may you may not. Yeah. And it doesn't tell you how to solve the problems in your game. Mm-hmm. But if you know, if I tell you as you know, so let's say you're a developer, hey I'm having you know, I'm having difficulty uh, pressing the button that you want me to press in the time that you're giving me. Yeah. Um, you know, the current the current uh, limitations I have around dexterity yeah. aren't uh, allowing me to press this button. And the developers like, okay, I can, I can ideate. I can yeah. think about a different way to, to, mm-hmm. to work around this. Um, and these design drivers, what they do is they instead of focusing on, let's say, cerebral palsy, they focus on, let's say, people who are have have disabilities that affect their mobility, yeah, that affect their dexterity. It comes out a higher level, yeah. So that's also inclusive of, of other disabilities yeah. like multiple sclerosis, right? Yeah, like it, it helps developers sort of come out a level and not not get uh, too focused or bogged down with the minutia of, yeah. of each disability symptoms, right? Like the, yeah. the details yeah. of, of each of those uh, disabilities' expressions because disabilities express themselves in a vast array of ways. Yeah. Um, so in doing this, um, we created APX, and um, we created a two-day um, course around it yeah. um, for developers to be able to participate in. Um, this course is something that uh, developers can jump into uh, and uh, essentially learn how to win the arguments about accessibility, um, and then navigate the conversations about accessibility in their work environments. Yeah. Um, you know, arming them with information about, you know, for example, there being 46 million players with disabilities in the United States alone. Um, arming them with the information that players with disabilities, people with disabilities, um, have more discretionary income than the Hispanic and Black community combined, yeah. as it stands today. Um, and, and making sure that there's that financial argument that's being yeah. made. Obviously the emotional argument that's being made and the legal argument that is being made with things like the CVA yeah. out there right now. Um, and the, the, the credibility of, of APX, the credibility of the APX practitioner course is that players inform this research. Yeah player this is, this is us taking the voice of the players and giving it to the developers um, to really to really hone in on that and begin to have a, an ideation process for their their, their game development. And uh, we found that the interesting thing about it is that it's given developers a language to which to talk about um, the barriers that they they might have in the game development yeah. uh, process, right? So let's say, for example, we talked about second channel, yeah. right? If if a developer is in you know in a group meeting, he's like, "Hey, man, look this section of the game we got a second channel problem." Yeah. Everybody on the team is now able to be like, "Okay, even if I don't know what second channel is at this point, I can bring up this flashcard. I can go to our website yeah. um, that hosts." All the APX design patterns accessible games um, slash APX, and they can check out second challenge. They're like, oh, okay, in this per- in this particular section of the game, we didn't provide a second modality for yeah. this player to perceive this information. We've got to fix that. We've mm. got to go back in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, APX has been something that we're, we've been able to move to the earlier stages of the design phase, yeah. um, saving time and resources for um, for developers, right? Because that's mm. that's a huge, huge thing. In the space right now. Yeah. Normally accessibility is sort of tacked on Afterwards. to the end. Right. Yeah. And that makes it harder to implement. Yeah. You already have the framework for a game. It's harder to change your whole game to add this accessibility. Yeah. Or if you're thinking about accessibility from the jump. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way I think about it is, you know, if, if I go to the supermarket, right, I'm like, yo, Quinn, yo, let's let's yo, your grandma, we wanna we wanna make her we wanna make her a cake, we wanna cook her some dinner. Yeah. We go, we go to the supermarket, we pick up all this stuff, we got all this food, we get to the counter, and then somebody hands you a shopping list, and it's like, oh, this is the stuff your grandma wants. Yeah. Then we're standing at the counter, like, looking at each other, like, oh, snap, we didn't yeah. get anything <laughs> on this list. We got all this random stuff. Now we've got to rush through this line. we got to go back and, and get everything. We're wasting time. We're wasting resources. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's it's difficult. And that's what it's like right now in the gaming space when you make a game and, you know, you, you go look at a guideline, which which yeah. they're good for. Guidelines are great if, you're, you know, you're checking over your game, right? Yeah. But they don't tell you how to make your game accessible. Yeah. They just tell you what you should have. Yeah. So, you know, you get that shopping list, that guideline, at the end of the development phase, it's hard to go back and change that. Yes. But with APX, you can sort of have something at the beginning of the design phase that helps you ideate. So then when you're finished with your game, you can go to check those guidelines and you can yeah. check off those boxes and you can sort of have something that creates a comprehensive um, movement towards accessibility throughout the design phase and, and develops a culture in yeah. the design phase.
0: And I think like the beauty for me of APX is thinking about it like cool. Say like a team of developers goes to all these classes, they learn and they like totally get it. And some of those developers leave that studio and they bring that knowledge to other studios. And that's for me like having that ripple effect. Absolutely. And like Absolutely. having that culture spread throughout instead of people getting to these classes because they can learn firsthand from people using these solutions to solve those problems absolutely
1: like that's the name of the game right yeah ultimately you know um, something our founder mark barley um you know he says often and you know i've I've internalized it is you know we're the only charity that you know wants to go out of business yeah you know the perfect world we don't exist in a perfect world we don't need to to advocate for accessibility Mm -hmm. um and ultimately this work and, and developers being able to to you know internalize apx and plant those seeds in their mind when they go on to their future positions when they start their own teams when they move on in the space um hopefully they'll be able to take that with them right yeah. and 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 inspire an entire culture of accessible game design and maybe you know we shift to doing something else in the space but yeah um, ideally that that's what we want to see we yeah. want to see developers take that on we want to see younger younger folks um you know take that on i myself you know i'm 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 29 years old like yeah. For me to be able to learn about this and be able to take this forward in the rest of my mm-hmm. life, um, you know, allows me to be an advocate for an entire community. Um, I don't personally identify as someone who has a disability, um, but to me, it's important that I'm able to, to speak to, to things that um, can empower the community yeah. um, to be able to get their voice into this this larger game community that we all, we all love so much. I mean, it's like 70,000 people here for facts, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people with disabilities want to be part of this community too. Yeah. Um, and some of them are. Some of them already are. But uh, we could we could, we could could be better about how we, uh, how we, uh, you know, uh, work on our games to
0: include them. Yeah. And I, I think that's the most important thing. And like, I volunteered with you guys last year and that's how I met you. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, <laughs> thank you for letting me. Yeah, absolutely. And no, I think absolutely. ever since that, for me, it was like, it was a light bulb moment of like, oh, shit, this is something that, like, I really want to help people with. And for me, it was, like, I found that passion. Just even, like, hearing you speak, like, talk to other people about this, it's was, like, there's something here, and it's really important. Right. And I think it's really, like, it's it's not new, but it's getting the leg, it's starting to get the legs out more. Sure, and sure. And I think with stuff like you guys parent taping up with Microsoft to do, like, <laughs> hardware stuff, it's Absolutely. really bringing that conversation to the forefront. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and... Um... You know, Microsoft. You know, has, has has done you know a lot in the space to, to open that conversation up. Yeah. Um, Logitech as well. Um, we work. We partner with them to work on their adaptive gaming kit. You know, they they're doing stuff to, to open up the space for that conversation. And and ultimately, you know, with things like APX and the user research we're doing. You know, everybody. You know, if you're familiar with Able Gamers, you know that we help players with disabilities find controller solutions. Yeah. Um, you know they know that we give controllers to players who can't afford it um they know that we give those controls to them for, for for no cost and that they keep it for life yeah but for us if we're gonna change the lives of people with disabilities going forward right we're gonna have to to teach developers about this the the the, the, the core tenets of, of accessible game design yeah. um and adaptive game design um and that's where we have to affect the, the, the software side yeah ultimately this is about legacy man um yeah. Ultimately, you know, when, when you and I are, are dead and gone, dude, like we gotta we gotta leave this world behind for people um, who are born with disabilities to be yeah. able to to be able to, to enjoy this awesome medium that, that yeah. we're able to, to, to be a part of, man. And uh, you know, being a part of, of of the culture to the point where we can ex- uh, affect the software side of things. Um, you know, we've been at we've been at studios like uh, Volition teaching this yeah. course um we've been at some other studios that i can't name lest the sniper snipe me from a random area of this building uh, <laughs> ndas are scary and beastly but yeah. you know we've had a, we've had other <laughs> other developers who have taken the course uh and avalanche studios is another developer that we've done recently uh, up in new york yeah um they've taken this course and, and they're they're using this today and you know if there's you know developers that are listening right now you know we don't want you to get left behind yeah. um the 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 arena is changing yeah. the environment is changing and you know we have tools like accessible games mm-hmm. um, you know available for free you can go on that website right now you can start looking at the principles of apX we have player panels as an open open thing that players with disabilities can register for right now yeah um, again on accessible games if you're a player with disabilities you want to be a part of our research pool by all means apply yeah um, you know being a part of that research pool means you get to inform uh, the latest stuff that we're working on from a uh, academic standpoint um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, papers and, 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 and uh, you know journal publishings um, as well as working with developers in the space as well yeah. um, to help inform the games because uh, a big part of player panels is that uh, players um, can play tests and provide information uh, like survey information and things like that that developers might be seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we ask that developers compensate players for their time um, because ultimately a huge part of our mission is improving the quality of life for people with disabilities. Yeah. Um, and arming them with uh, the experiences of working with developers to, to create accessible games um, is is going to become invaluable in the space. As yeah. as, as uh, more people in the industry begin to realize, hey, I need to bring people with disabilities into my studio. Yeah, I need to let them be a part of the culture of development. I need to listen to them. I need to yeah. let them inform the change in, the, in decisions we're going to make. And with player panels, we want to arm our players. Um, with those experiences so that they can go forth into the, the, the industry and, and you know work in a space that they love so much and that they're yeah. so passionate about.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that, Greg. Thank you for Thank joining you. me for this short interview.
1: Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. I feel like I've been rambling on. I'm sorry I didn't let you talk, man. <laughs> no worries.
0: You good? Yeah, man. I'm going to get some water. What? Oh, yeah. Well, Greg, where can people find you and Able Gamers yeah. on social?
1: Yeah, um, you, can find, um, you can find Able Gamers on Twitter, at Able Gamers, A-B-L-E, no space, Gamers, G-A-M-E-R-S. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, um, at Able Gamers as well. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, at Able Gamers. Um, you can pretty much go anywhere and find us, at Able Gamers. Again, you can check out AbleGamers.org. If you are a player with disabilities or someone looking to get into the game and uh, you, you need help navigating that, we can help out there. If you're a developer or a player interested uh, in accessible game design, I, I encourage you to head over to accessible.games, That is the website accessible period games um, to check out what we've got going on there. Um, you can find myself um, on Twitter at Greg J Hazy. That's G R E G J as in Jaguar H A Z Y Hazy.
0: And you can find me um, Quentin Hoffman on Twitter at Quantum Q underscore Arbiter Q U. A-N-T-U-M underscore A-R-B-I-T-E-R and you can find the site um, Irrational Passions at irrationalpassions.com you can find us on Twitter at irrationalpod I-R-R-A-T-I-O-N-A-L-P-O-D
1: wow you must have been like a spelling bee champion that was like excellent spelling <laughs> like I was like waiting for you to mess that up I'm like no that was that was pretty good man That's pretty good boy.
0: English major baby
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: take care man thank you for having me on bro thank you Greg